Welcome to Peabody's Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Wynn Marshall. Thank you for joining me. I'm grateful you chose to spend part of your day here. Whether you're a brand new listener or someone who has been following along since season one, we're glad you've carved out a few minutes to pull us up on your favorite podcast listening app to slow down and listen in. You chose to take a slow, deep breath and to linger here for a few moments of conversation, inspiration, and quite possibly encouragement. At Peabody's, we place a high value on slowing down, rooting into a moment, noticing the beauty that infuses the most ordinary moments, and we believe that it's important to listen, to listen to creatives speak about their art, their work, their lives, and their fate. Looking through the lens of others helps us see in fresh ways, nuanced ways, and in new ways which amplify the beauty, awe, and wonder. My guest today is Kimberly Coyle. Kimberly is a freelance writer who writes regularly online at KimberlyAnnCoyle.com and has written for the Ruminate Magazine blog, The Rabbit Room, Hippocampus, Fathom Magazine, the Right Life and In Touch Ministries magazine, among others. She contributed to the recently released devotional, A Moment to Breathe, 365 devotions that meet you in your everyday mess, and the Encouraged Devotional Bible. She holds an MFA in creative nonfiction, and when not writing, she can be found teaching college writing as an adjunct professor in New Jersey. Kimberly, welcome to Peabody's. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, I'm thrilled uh, to be able to have a conversation with you about all sorts of things, um, particularly your writing and your recent travels and the way you see beauty. And um, so let's just get started. Um, There's so many things I want to discuss with you today. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the focus of your writing. Um, You often write on the theme of beauty. Can you share a little bit about how you maintain a sensitivity to and an awareness of beauty in your everyday life? Uh, you seem to have an especially receptive spirit in terms of discovering and appreciating beauty. Can you can you speak to that, Kimberly? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, I I didn't actually realize this about myself until I started writing. Um, I didn't realize that I actually do do feel a sensitivity towards it. I seek it out, and um, it wasn't until I was, you know, in my thirties and I really started writing seriously. Um, you know, more so than just journal writing for myself, um, that I continued to see this theme come up in my writing um, as I was processing and reflecting um, and realized that it, it really is uh, of a very high value for me uh, in my life. And so um, I've learned how to make a practice of seeking it out in, um, in my everyday and also in sort of extraordinary circumstances as well. Sometimes it feels, it can feel a little unattainable, um, especially when we look online and see everything that's happening online. And it feels like people are living these incredibly beautiful lives in, um, you know, unusual places, or they have a really unconventional lifestyle that lends itself to beauty. And that's not most of our experiences. So um, most, it's not the experience for most of us. That's a better way of saying it. Um, So I really had to make a practice of seeking it out in my everyday life. 
Mm. Well, I know the first time you and I discussed, um, well, the first time I said, I'd love to have you on the podcast, the invitation began in a different way. I said, I'm coming to New York to the Anchor Studio. Let's do an interview there. <laughs> and you said, great. And so I haven't come to New York and I couldn't wait to interview you. So we're doing it this way. But you are near the city. I am. And I take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. You're outside what 30 minutes 45 minutes you're closed you're out in, in New Jersey but you have access to the museums and the art and all the things New York has to offer yes I do and that has not always been the case in my life um, I have lived many places that are beautiful that do have access to a lot of art um, but not always so um, it's not uh, prohibitive but however I am lucky enough right now to live about 45 minutes outside of New York City Um, I can catch a train in. Um, I'm not brave enough to drive in there yet or ever, probably. Um, But I do I do catch the train in every so often. And um, fairly recently, my husband and I went in for a long weekend together. And I actually wrote a little bit about it because it really was a full weekend of beauty seeking. So we spent um, we spent the entire weekend visiting museums which by the way, you can often find um, are free to visit on certain nights. Um, We also got free passes from our library. So, you know, you can do things that don't cost money. Um, We walked around Central Park, we walked around the city and just enjoyed the sights. Um, And then, you know, we we did a couple other fun things. We had some really, it's a a beautiful French dinner and brunch one morning and um, just various things. But we kind of tried to mix it up and uh, had such a wonderful time together. Mm, that's wonderful. That's that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And recently, I think it's that this particular piece that um, was inspired by that trip. You wrote a beautiful piece on um, on beauty. Can you talk a little bit about that and maybe read a passage um, of something beautiful you've written recently? I, I just am such a fan of your writing, and um, maybe you have a piece you can share um, with us. Sure. Yeah, I could I could read a little bit from that piece specifically. Actually, um, I just have to pull it up real quick. Uh, but I'll be lovely. Yeah. So um, I titled it "Beauty: The Cure for the Common Life," because oftentimes mm. life feels so ordinary and so common, and um, and it's not if we have the eyes to see and if we pay attention. So um, I really try and cultivate an attitude of paying attention. So yeah, I can read a little, a little piece from that, from, from this weekend that my husband and I shared. Uh, Please do. Thank you. Yeah. It begins with a quote. It says each age has its own aesthetic needs. I nodded to the words when they filtered through the handheld recorder on the museum audio tour. While I have no idea what our current age needs, I nodded because my own aesthetic need for beauty runs through my veins like an electric pulse. Michael and I had planned for a short weekend visit to New York City to escape our current situation at home. A puppy with terrorist tendencies, a basement renovation, a home packed floor to ceiling with displaced stuff from our basement. We didn't realize what a relief it would be to leave behind the dailiness of our life. Our home life is in and of itself beautiful, however imperfect but sometimes the cure for the common life is beauty. And I'd find beauty in art and theater and French food and high heels and urban parks ringed by skyscrapers and turning trees. 
I could oh, go on, but I should probably oh. stop. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. I love that. I'm going to put the link to um, that essay, that blog. It was appeared on your blog, didn't it, on your website? Yes, yes. That so that readers can read it in its entirety. How beautiful it is, though. It is such a balm, um, beauty is, to um, the everyday and to what can seem like routine and mundane and it's just not I went out this morning and I was rushing and I I do not like to rush I try not to rush but I was rushing and I stopped in my tracks because it had rained all night and the little tiny droplets of water were hanging off of a bare branch Mm -hmm. and it's literally stopped me in my tracks and I thought Mm -hmm. I almost missed it I came so close and I don't even think I had my camera and so I just I just recorded it in my soul and thought just the simplicity of the little droplets on against a gray sky and the dark brown chocolate yes. brown gray branch so, yes, yeah. yes. It, it really comes down to that paying attention doesn't it because that's um it that's how we absorb it um it's so easy to go through life distracted it's so easy to miss all of those beautiful small moments that fill our lives with beauty and meaning absolutely and um that's one of the things I I really was eager to talk to you about is how you maintain that sensitivity. And you've already spoken to that, you know, in your daily life and and just the day in day out living. But um, tell me a a little bit about how you especially um, go seeking beauty when you travel, because I know you've lived in Switzerland and Mm -hmm. you love to travel and you've been to London and you've been to Tuscany lately. So yeah. Can you take us on a little armchair? <laughs> sure, yes. Sure. Yes. And tell us a little bit about what was especially um, marvelous about those, any one of those. Yeah, sure. So that is one way that I really, um, I seek beauty through travel. And that, it's not always possible for everyone. It hasn't always been possible for me in every stage of my life. Um, you know, there's always the financial implications and things like that and family, family season. Um, but we were fortunate enough to live in London for three and a half years. And then we also lived in Zurich, Switzerland for three and a half years. So uh, during that time, we were able to travel uh, a tremendous amount because oftentimes my husband traveled for work. So I was able to join him when my kids were little because they weren't in school yet. So we could travel with him. Um, and then when the kids were older, we would plan, you know, weekends away, particularly when we were in Zurich. Um, so this past summer, um, I've really been feeling the itch to get back to Europe and I was unexpectedly, um, extended an invitation to Tuscany, um, Mm. with another group of writers and beauty seekers. Um, so it was, uh, it was a 10 day trip to Tuscany and it really, um, it really was created with the idea of beauty in mind and kind of going out like hunter gatherers and um, collecting stories and having all of these wonderful, beautiful experiences such as um, we visited uh, a vineyard and, and spent an afternoon with uh, the owner of the vineyard where he talked about life on the vine and what it's like to grow fruit in that land and build a legacy and we visited, um, you know, these gorgeous churches and fortresses and um, 
gosh, where else did we go? We just, we went so many, oh, and we were in Florence for a couple days and we got oh, to go goodness. to museums and see, you know, ex be exposed to that level of, you know, Renaissance art. And um, it was so filling. It was so, uh, I, I just felt like I was brimming over. My soul was so almost overwhelmed with it. Um, mm. that I've, I've continued to unpack that trip over the past nine months or so. And I, I expect to continue to unpack that for years to come. I mean, that's how formative it was for me right. um, to just step out of my everyday and step out of looking for those tiny things and actually experience something enormous and breathtaking. Well, and I followed you group that you traveled with, um, while you were on your Tuscan adventure. I was able to follow you through your writing and through your sharing on Instagram. And um, I love to think on this thought. I love to think about the mystery of um, how what something something happens when we share beauty. Um, and so that's one of the um, desires of my heart is to is when I see something to share it because I feel when we share with one another it just compounds what we're able to be exposed to and so no I didn't go to Tuscany but I did go to Tuscany with you right. and you all were generous in your sharing and um, I can't even tell you what what a wonderful trip I had in Italy with you <laughs> from here because you all were willing to share what you were seeing and so it's like um, you know, that ripple effect and the domino effect of um, I was able to live vicariously through that. So to encourage people to to share. Now, some things are too intimate and some things are meant to be kept held close. But mm -hmm. um, when people share their art and share the, the you know, life through their lens, we're able to um, see things that we don't have the opportunity to see in our daily life so you do such a beautiful job of that on Instagram I love seeing the world through oh, your you. eyes thank not you. only with your, your writing but through the lens of your um, photography and so thank you for mm -hmm. that you're, mm -hmm. you're, but at the end I'll circle back around and I'll let you um, point people to your Instagram and account and your website and where you are on um, social media so folks can follow you um, so, yeah, so let's pivot for just a minute. I know that many of the listeners of, of the podcast and myself included would love to hear about which books you're diving into in your own reading life. You're an avid reader, um, as yes. well as your life and work as an adjunct professor. Yes, yes. So I have two reading lives. <laughs> I have the reading life uh, um, for pleasure, which is my own as a reader slash writer. And then I have my reading life for teaching. Um, and fortunately, uh, sometimes those overlap, which is really awesome, but they don't always. So um, I kind of have uh, two sides of my brain that are working there when I'm reading. So I actually just created, it's funny that this is coming up because I just created a list of book uh, recommendations for um, that I use in the classroom that I think are well worth a read. And um, a few of them I've read on my own, just for my own personal enjoyment, and I've incorporated them in the class. Um, but I teach a class on memoir, and um, so I have a number of books from there. So my, my number one, my top memoir um, that I taught an entire term on is called A Place to Stand by Jimmy Santiago Baca. Mm -hmm. um, I also teach a course on The Glass Castle, and then I, I add in a, a bunch of 
um, selections from different memoirs that I sort of tack on to that one. Um, so we read The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls, and then I use a few pieces from some other books like Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance, um, The Liar's Club by Mary Carr, which is fantastic. Um, Why Be Happy When You Could Be Normal by Jeanette Winterson, which is just the most ironic title ever. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> I also use a piece from uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, Between the World and Me, which is not quite memoir, but it is his personal experience um, of growing up as a black man in America, which is, I think, a really important topic to discuss. Yes. So um, yeah, those are some of the memoirs that I use in my classroom. And um, I definitely recommend them to everyday readers who won't have to write a paper for me about them, which is a bonus. Um, so, uh, but in my personal reading life, I, I really try to mix it up a lot because um, I find that the books kind of just speak to each other inside. I don't know, inside of me and my brain and um, it helps me be more creative. So at, at any point in time, I've got kind of uh, strange books in my rotation. So um, I, I'll often have a children's book. Like right now I'm, I'm reading through the Brambley Hedge um, collection, which is like a very children's book. We're not even talking YA here. <laughs> We're talking like legit children's book with, with pictures. Um, and I have um, a fable by um, Tolkien leaf by niggle it's called it's just a little fable that you can get it's it's excellent i'm reading it for the second time um i usually have a book you know that's like a spiritual growth type book so i'm currently reading courage dear heart by rebecca k reynolds which i highly recommend beautiful beautiful writer very high yes. sensitivity to beauty as yes. well mm -hmm. um you know and sometimes i'll read a read a book on writing craft um i'm currently in the middle of a series of um, fiction novels, or they're all novels of fiction, but novels, um, by Alan Bradbar Bradley, sorry, Alan Bradley, um, called the Flavia Deleuze series. They're hilarious. They're so precious. They're these little um, mysteries with this crazy 12-year-old character called Flavia Deleuze, and I adore her. She is one of my favorite characters of all time. Oh, I can't um, wait to go digging into that one. <laughs> Yeah, she's fabulous, and I think I don't. I don't even know how many books he has now, and I have no idea how some a, a man who's I th believe in his seventies can write a twelve-year-old girl in the manner that, that he voice. does. And he has oh, that voice is just—it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I don't know how he does it. I'm like, he's a genius. Um, so yeah, oh. I mean, I always have kind of different things in my pipeline. Um, and I try to throw in a classic every so often just to become a better citizen of literature, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I just always kind of have random stuff. And somehow it always, it, it all feeds into your writing. It stimulates our writing when we're better read as writers. Yes, it does. You know, one thing that I have added in over the last few years, um, I've added poetry in, and I never really considered myself um, someone who really understood poetry very well. Like, I find it very hard to know if a poem is good or not. Um, and I took, <laughs> when I was getting my MFA, I took um, a poetry course, and I was terrible. <laughs> like, 
just truly terrible. That's hard for me to believe. And <laughs> no, I was. My professor was just like, yeah, um, when I take out about 75% of this poem, then it's awesome. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. Um, but anyway, in that course, um, it, it did help me a, a little bit to kind of hone in on what what is good and what is not good in poetry. Um, so I get in my email, I have a daily poem sent to me. So I read a poem every single Wonderful. day. Um, as, yeah, so that's really helped with... Um, After a brief chat about poetry, Kimberly and I continue our conversation. Listen in now for my final question of my friend, author, and today's guest, Kimberly Coyle, who is sipping tea and enjoying a snow day in New Jersey, and with it all the changes and challenges those weather interludes bring. Kimberly, can you share a little bit about some of the other themes that occur often in your writing, both on your blog and for other online and print publications? You often write about um, the theme of waiting um, and faith and art. Can you share a little bit more about, about other themes in your work? Sure. Yeah, I do. That's exactly what I write about. I write about waiting a lot because I often find myself in a season of waiting, particularly when it comes to um, my writing aspirations, my writing career, I use that in air quotes, um, has not progressed as I had hoped, really. Um, and I've kind of found myself uh, at becoming an accidental adjunct. That's, the, that's how I refer to it. Um, you know, teaching in a university, which was a totally unexpected thing, um, while waiting for, um, you know, things to kind of take off with my writing career. Um, but I'm, I'm still in that season and things are always shifting and changing. But I find that um, it's it's such a universal theme that it really uh, it really speaks to people. Even though my experience is very specific, um, it speaks to people on on many levels. Um, and you know, I write about faith because I, I am a Christian, and often you know, faith just kind of is infused in most of my writing. Um, and art because I love art, and that is part of beauty seeking for me is um, pursuing good art, real you know real art, historical art. Um, but I write a lot too about belonging and I, I've, I, I find that, that it tends to be, um, it, it comes hand in hand kind of, tan, I don't know, tan, tangential, I suppose is the way to say it, um, belonging and beauty, because I think some of that beauty seeking is, um, is trying to find a place of belonging. At, and those two things sound very different, but to me it's, it's always about, um, I think, reaching, reaching towards God and um, finding yes, our, yes. my true home in Him through beauty because He is the source of all beauty and He is the source of all belonging. Yes. And so those two things really like resonate in my heart. Um, so those, those are things that I, I write a lot about. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the reasons I'm drawn to your writing <laughs> in such a profound way because those are um, those I find those to be themes um, that resonate with me as well, and with a lot of women, I think um, we find ourselves um, 
I've written lots, well, several poems about waiting, and I was reviewing my own poetry the other day and stumbled on some of my own poems about waiting. And so it's just a, um, it's a part of life that is so profound because I think we know as believers that waiting is um, something that we're asked to do, we're called to do. And so the question often is, how, how do we wait well? Yes. <laughs> how, do we, how do we wait in the spirit of um peace with peace and um and not with restlessness and so yeah i i love um the fact that you're diving into that and dealing with that and um is there any project that you um are particularly passionate about right now are you finding yourself you um as i mentioned in your bio um you you your work appears many many places online and in um and in publications um you're you're (laughs) <laughs> your writing is many places as well as on your website. So is there one project right now that you find yourself, you know, getting out of bed in the morning passionate about, or you've got a full plate with teaching and parenting and, and writing everywhere. So um, yeah. is there something that is, is particularly, you're particularly passionate about right now in terms of the written oh word? Gosh, that's such a great question. Um, you know, I, I can't say that there's particularly one thing other than to just get down as many words as I can wherever I can in the time that I have. Mm. So, um, oh, so that's I've just wonderful. Been kind of spreading myself and my work uh, as far and wide as I can do that. And so, you know, the majority of it resides on my own website, um, my blog. But I, I write often for In Touch Ministries magazine, so you can find a fair bit yes. of my work there. Um, but I've really just been tr- kind of trying to, you know, spread little breadcrumbs all over, and hopefully they all end up leading back to um, my work on, you know, online. <laughs> well, would you tell us? And again, I will include this in the show notes when I um, send my newsletter out. Um, simultaneously with the podcast I will type everything out so people can see it but will you speak to the places people can find you because I want them to find you on Instagram and on your website and the other places you are on social media perhaps if you can can you speak to that what you where you are thank you Um, yeah so you can find me on my website which is KimberlyAnnCoyle.com just google it and you'll find my name and um, on Instagram, where I'm on Instagram daily, so um, that's a place where I really like to hang out, and that's where I would recommend people find me um, most often. And I'm Ka Coil on Instagram. And actually, um, just going back very quickly to what we were talking about before about um, the trip to Tuscany, I actually did a little series on Instagram called Postcards with Purpose. Um, that people can, mm, yeah, that. They can go it's back and beautiful. look at that. And then I did an armchair traveler series on my blog, which had stories from Tuscany as well. So you can kind of, you know. Oh, I know people will want to dig yeah, into those. They were, um, they were fun to write. Archives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks are in for a treat because um, I love following you on Instagram. I, I love the words that you pair with your photography. And I love seeing the world through your lens. So Thank you so much for coming on and for um, choosing to spend part of your snow day with me. (laughs) Thank you. It was such an honor. I appreciate it. It's been great. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Um, You're just, uh, you're someone whose work I've admired for a long time. And I 
couldn't wait to get you on and I do hope that I'll come to New York and book the anchor studio and that we'll do this a second time oh, maybe gosh, and we can catch yes. up on yes that would be so great <laughs> in uh, across the round table in the anchor studio from one another or the square table I can't remember which shape yes. it is and sit in the room together and we can um, talk about your newest projects then and um, and we can go see the city together which would be fun so it would be fun we'd have a lot to talk but about. for now <laughs> I know it but for now and for today you in New Jersey in the snow and I'm here in South Carolina and it's a little balmy so oh, spring is trying to tease us here but thank you for coming on and thank you for speaking so openly about all the things and um i will be seeing you soon i hope and i hope our paths will cross again soon and um i'm just grateful so thank you so much okay thanks again bye-bye thank you for joining me today You've been listening to Season 2, Episode 7. Please be sure to visit my website, elizabethwmarshall.com. I'd love for you to subscribe to my weekly subscriber letter entitled Peabody's Notebook. Each week you'll receive a brief newsletter in your inbox, which will include show notes from our weekly episodes here. I've been hunting and gathering goodies for you. Book recommendations, folks to follow on Instagram, and interesting links to good stuff on the internet. And you'll find out more about how to connect with the podcast guests and hear announcements about future guests and giveaways. Visit ElizabethWMarshall.com and click the link marked Peabody's Notebook. Thank you for listening. I'm so grateful you chose to be here. I'm cheering you on as you pursue the fine art of noticing. And remember to tag us in your photographs on Instagram. Use the hashtag Peabody's Notebook Notes and share with us the beauty you stumbled on this week. The beauty that came in search of you or the beauty that you almost missed. Until next Wednesday, I'm Elizabeth Wynn Marshall.